Hi, everybody. Welcome to Agency Unfiltered. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn, and Agency Unfiltered is a weekly web series and podcast that interviews agency owners, founders, and executives from around the world about operations, growth, and scale. Episodes can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is you listen to your podcasts. Today on the podcast, we have Sean Peterson, CEO of Quantum Business Solutions. Sean walks us through the sales pipeline he's built with both a preferred tech stack and strategy that has led to scalable, repeatable, and predictable results for his business and his clients. On his team's best day, Quantum booked 20 meetings with C-suite contacts via cold outreach with his team's best months, including over 100 meetings booked. So naturally, we start with, well, how? We learn about the tech stack he uses and the tech partnerships he's forged with softwares like Connected, Connect and Sell, Zoom Info, and more. Sean walks us through each, including the data that pipes into HubSpot, what he's able to automate with each data set, and how it allows him to successfully book more meetings. For example, have you considered integrating Zoom Info's B2B intent data into HubSpot for lookalike ad audience creation? Sean breaks down the specific tips, tricks, and actions he uses to get the most out of this sales intelligence platform that he's built in and around HubSpot. We then move over to how this sales pipeline tech stack has manifested itself into client engagements as well, and how he pitches, prices, and replicates what works for Quantum for his clients. Do you wish you had a little more predictability and control over your own prospecting efforts? Well, don't we all? Start with this episode of Agency Unfiltered. Hey, Sean, what's going on? Welcome to Agency Unfiltered. How are we doing? I'm doing great. Super excited to be here and excited to share some of our strategies and successes with the rest of the partner community. Yeah, I'm excited to pick your brain and learn more. Uh, Let us know, where are you dialing in from? Today, I'm coming in from Scottsdale, Arizona. It's beautiful, a little bit warm, but hey, that's to be expected in the middle of the desert. Um, uh, Massachusetts feels like Arizona right now, if I had to be honest, it's, it's like, we're in an absolute heat wave. Um, you're probably used to it, but for me, I'm just like boiling. I'm just like melting in my home right now, but yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Um, well, uh, Sean, you know, um, I think what we have on the table today is, uh, your strategy, both for strat, like your perspective or your approach from both a strategy but also from like a technology layer, uh, uh, your prospecting um, approach for, for your team and your agency. I think there's uh, a lot to gleam. I think there's going to be uh, some helpful nuggets for partners to parse out and apply for themselves. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to misrepresent this, but I think I took a note last time we talked. On your best day, or a best day, a good day, a strong day, you booked 20 separate meetings uh, with C-suite level contacts at businesses that are perfectly in your in your target market, uh, and this was all done via cold outreach. And yeah, it, did I represent that correctly? And then, if so, how how man how? Yeah, so absolutely great question. Uh, our best days have been around twenty net new C-suite meetings with CEOs, VPs of marketing, or VPs of sales. So that exact target audience that we want to hit, and we were coming in completely cold. So these weren't inbound leads or people that have done downloads. This was straight up cold. 
never heard of us. Maybe they've heard of HubSpot if there was intent from Zoom Info or something like that, but that's about it. Um, and the way that we do it is really we've leveraged the tech stack that we take and surround HubSpot with of Zoom Info, Connect and Sell. And then we actually outsource our SDR team to an organization out of Phoenix, Arizona, uh, Branch 49. And so that's the magic formula right there. We'll take a Zoom Info. We'll actually feed it into HubSpot through the integration, segment market to it, and then flip it over through a lead status through another integration into Connect and Sell. They can make up to 1,500 dials a day in there. And they're going to connect uh, for us at about 6 to 7% on those cold dials. And then you can book up to, say, uh, 10%, 12%. So just depending on the day, we had two and a half SDRs rolling that day. Each of them had been with us for about two to three weeks. And so these are really young folks. And what's so powerful about it, Kevin, is when we do it this way, all they have to do is sit there, wait for the next decision maker to be on the phone, go into their screenplay, which has been created by our provider that does SDR work, and book the meeting on the calendar link. Zoom gets sent to both parties and we're on our way. Wow. Uh, it sounds highly efficient. Um, I can't, Rome wasn't built in a day and this sounds like a machine or a, a Rome. I'm mixing a metaphors here, but like yeah. walk me through the genesis of this whole thing. Like, how did you get to this place? Uh, how did you know which, uh, software, uh, options to build around HubSpot and into your process? Was there a ton of validation to get to this point? Like walk me through some of those milestones to, to lead you where you are today with this. Yeah, so just a little bit of background. I don't want to spend a ton of time on what my past career was, but I was the CEO of an office equipment and technology company. So if you can think of copiers, managed IT, et cetera, and I'd been a VP of sales in that industry. So I had had a lot of experience in outbound, right? But wasn't really strong in inbound. Didn't really understand that when you grew up in the copier industry, you didn't get leads. Like maybe once a year, <laughs> sure. someone would call in and you ran out there as fast as you could and tried to sell that copier. So you had to prospect, you had to have that mentality that you're going to control the gas and the brake and make it happen. And when I founded Quantum, it was to bring chief revenue officer services to the marketplace for the SMB space. And in doing so, um, when we started this about 10 and a half, 11 months ago, uh, HubSpot was brought to our attention by another automation vendor. And so we demoed it and we fell in love. I had never seen something that was so remarkable with its automations and just everything that could be integrated, the way it could pull together. So I really became almost obsessed with figuring out what this thing can do. And through that, uh, our five key components of our flywheel are target, attract, nurture, convert, and wow. Target being the data, right? Attract being the marketing and some of the biz dev. Then uh, nurture would be like your BDRs, SDRs, and continuing to flow through that middle to the bottom of the funnel type of stuff and then hand it into sales and then customer mm -hmm. experience. So we went out and tried to find the perfect provider for each of those. And for a while, we'd had another provider around data, wasn't near as strong, thought I was saving money by not getting Zoom info, actually was yeah. costing myself a lot of opportunity. So we ended up getting Zoom info because a lot of our clients had had it and I wanted to learn it anyways, bring it realize there's some basic things out of the box when a company's running that fast, a billion dollars, they grew at 61% last year. So yeah. people would not have, they wouldn't have like, for instance, mobile phone number wasn't a field that was being mapped over out of the box. All these other things mm. are like, holy smokes. Yeah. So we push stuff over and then through active list, 
We're like, we've got a machine here. And then through our partnership with Connect and Sell, which we also are a, a reseller of and a partner of, we realized mm-hmm. that, wait a second, we could just flip these over. So now we started taking Zoom info and tent, yep. put it into HubSpot and could fish it over. So we could take someone that looked at HubSpot, a company, right? We could send over the right persona Yep. 15 minutes ago and have it into our dialer calling them. And so it kind of happened organically, but within the framework of what we were already trying to create. And then as we learned more and more. And so now that's not only what we do to develop business, but that's also what we do for our clients to help them. So any agencies on here looking for that type of thing, I'd love to, I'm always willing to chat with them about it. Um, and any of their clients that maybe need that outbound motion, I'd be willing to help them too. So, yeah. no, that's great. I mean, you know, you kind of read my mind here in that knowing that this this uh, tech stack, but also the strategy layered on top, has worked so well for Quantum. It yeah, does this also translate to a service offering for clients? Now, the short answer to that is yes. Uh, are there any particulars? that you look for uh, amongst either your existing client base or maybe like prospects you're talking to, like who's a good fit for this type of strategy, this type of tech stack? You know, really, I would say anybody that's aggressively wanting to grow their organization. And so we've had different spaces uh, partake in this SaaS, B2B, B2C, wholesale, you know, direct. We've had all kinds of different models. It's really just going to make whatever you're doing go faster. That's all we're doing. And so it, it wouldn't really matter if somebody's going to try to call today. And like here, it breaks down to sales math. So if I was going to hire an SDR and they were going to run me 75,000 just to make the numbers easy here, and there was going to be $15,000 a year of overhead. So 90K, we'll mm-hmm. go with 7,500 a month. Let's say I was going to have two of those and they were going to make 50 dials each per day. So I'd have 100 times 20 days. I'd have 2,000 dials. It cost me 15 grand. Seven and a half dollars a dial. Okay. Hmm. I look at that and go, what if we outsourced the SDR to a professional that hires, trains, retains, develops, holds accountable? And then we use something like Connect and Sell and we use Zoom Info Data. So we're calling them mobile phone numbers, make the conversion rates go up. Now I could back that in. I could have for the same $15,000, probably 10,000 dials, maybe Hmm. 12. So now I'm at a buck 50 per dial versus 750 per dial. And so that's the type of stuff that we look at. And so again, back to it wouldn't really matter who you're trying to get a hold of. Do you want to go faster, more efficiently and yield greater results? And then there's a lot of other conversion ratios, but that's like the big one that's going to stand out yeah. like the cost per dial, cost per meeting type of stuff. Now you, you, uh, you ripped through that exa- example very efficiently. I mean, I would imagine that's part of the that's the value prop. Is that the, is that sort of like cost per dial calculation? Is that part of the, is that part of the conversation with clients? Like thinking about it, like just the economics of it? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when we all start agencies, oftentimes we start with one expertise in mind and we realize we get down the road and whether we're marketers and then they can't convert or we're salespeople, but they're not doing the marketing on the front end. our clients I speak of here, we end up in these conundrums. And so what we were doing with automating, this was great. And then our clients would be like trying to hire a sales development rep or a BDR, whatever you want to call them. And we're waiting for that. And then it's like, who's going to create the screenplay or the script? Who's going to train them? Who are they calling? All these different pieces. So now our piece can't fully bake out until that last mile, you know, is kind of put in place too. And so we just actually um, partnered with Branch 49 and Connect and Sell to come up with a package. Uh, Hmm. And this is in the beta stages here, but 
for 10,000 bucks a month, 5,000 dials, SDRs included, and we'll help get your stuff set up and kind of help with some of the lists and that sort of thing. So yeah. now go Just to make the list of people on the receiving end of those calls as strategic as possible, right? Really, like, yeah, like it can a, be yep. really straightforward now on that offering, right? Nobody has to wonder exactly what we do. And so that's the type of thing that we're taking to the marketplace now. So we can help them go from marketing to who's engaging with that. And then we'll go outbound on inbound type of motion. So if you're like, I heard there was a guy on here recently, he said he had a thousand inbound leads. I was pretty jealous of that because I thought how I could (laughs) outbound on those thousand inbound leads. Yeah. So, so that's how we could help an agency with their themselves or their clients. No, but it brings up a really good point in that, you know, thousand inbound leads a month or whatever that cadence is like, yeah, that's a, that's the pie in the sky for a lot of folks, but it's not realistic for every single person to have at this stage of the game. And so it sounds like this is very much an effective strategy or like set of tactics uh, to to supplement, right? Uh, Whatever the inbound volume may be, or if it's just not started yet, right? This is just, this is how you don't, you put this out there to not have to wait for the inbound machine to work, right? Um, Sean, let me ask you this. We've talked about connecting some of the systems uh, to HubSpot, piping in data, leveraging that data outward. Uh, uh, beyond data flow, what is the, what's automated? Like, how do you best take advantage of the automation capabilities inside of HubSpot, uh, if, if at all, if you do? Yeah, absolutely. Well, a couple of things. So one, we actually have automations within Zoom Info that send mm. through a workflow those exact personas and ICPs that might be looking for HubSpot or looking for lead gen or a digital agency, whatever. And it'll flow right over into HubSpot. Then in there, obviously, we all know how to trigger a workflow to nurture. And so there's that piece. We'll also do a lot of stuff with call outcomes to put people in the right areas of the buyer's journey. So we'll like meeting outcomes and call outcomes are two big ones. So like quick examples, you know, people would be saying, hey, how did that meeting go with my lead today? And I thought, I really have to quit having this five minute conversation 12 <laughs> times a day. And so I went and figured out, well, why don't I just do this? It does an outcome, sends the proposal basic level to the customer. So nobody had to build that now. Sends a message to Slack. We have a group called Daily Demos where everybody's keeping track of who's setting up meetings, bookings. That's if great. there's a no show, like all this can happen. So we'll automate right off of an outcome that way. We'll also do call outcomes to trigger automation. And then out of Connect and Sell, that's integrated back in too. So those outcomes can come back in and could trigger things. And so we'll we'll use Sendoso if you're familiar with that. And we'll actually mm-hmm. automate like $5 Starbucks gift cards with our meeting link instead of there, like an e-gift card. And mm-hmm. if they don't redeem it, you get that money back at the end of seven days or 14 or whatever, but it's a great way to do something different. So then when we send that gift card, we'll take that list of people. Let's say somebody's visited our website or opened five of our marketing emails. That's where we'll send the gift card. If that doesn't convert, which it doesn't always, then that's where we'll follow up with an automated voicemail. We'll follow up with an automated email, then flip it to the dialer. So when they call you, Kevin, you're sitting there and they say, uh, the rep might go, Hey, I think our CEO sent you a personal Starbucks gift card, wanted to see if he could get a virtual cup of coffee with you. And they're going to go, uh, and then they start looking through their inbox. Now mm-hmm. you get that split second that it takes to have an opportunity to speak and try to get the meeting booked. Yeah. So it's just, it's really just, it's contextualizing every touch point really, or like letting the previous touch points inform the next. Uh, I can imagine the conversion rates. How, how are the conversion rates? 
on uh, booking uh, bookings uh, that get a gift card on the other side. How, how effective is the Starbucks gift card? Uh, we do it in mass, right? So we'll do it cold. We've had several convert. I mean, they, it doesn't convert at like a 20% or anything like no, that. Right, right. That's, so, and it's a, a helpful distinction to make, right? It's cold. So you're going to, you know what I mean? Like you have to, you have to gauge the conversion rate with that right. in mind. And most yeah. people on these podcasts are probably, they came up through inbound. They came up through the marketing side of the business. We were more of a sales type of organization. So let's say we send out a thousand and you get 10 to 20 of those to convert only seems like 10 to 20, but that's a hundred bucks that now you just got 20 meetings. Yeah. Right. No, absolutely. Worth you it. can't beat yeah. that. Right. No, of course. And it warms um, up. And the other key is it warms up the BDR or the SDR to get that decision maker to pause for a second. Cause you just send them a gift. Like they're not going to hang up on you. Yeah, and right. We, you have an entry point to just sit, squeeze your piece in, you know, our, our ratio on booking when we get a pickup, I think we're about 17% book rate on that list. That's so great. One, one out of six, I'll book. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Now you mentioned, obviously you, you don't come from a traditional marketing background, your sales background, but I can imagine there is, there's a marketing element here and just like the messaging of all of these things, right? You mentioned the screenplay or your scripts. Uh, what was the evolution of, of the talk tracks or, or the scripting? Like, how has the messaging evolved over time? Is it something you look to continue optimizing around? Um, what's the history there? Absolutely look to continue to optimize. So we were using the term chief revenue officer services, but we found that oftentimes people didn't know what that meant. So we've hmm. actually tried to tweak it a few different times on what's our kind of one liner. Right now, what we're, what we're going with is really at the end of all this, we're just trying to put your business in front of the right relationship at the right time to get the right results. Mm -hmm. And that's all sales and marketing really is designed to do is get the right person into your store on the other side of a meeting to buy the product. You're just trying to get that right relationship. And so we would find when we talk to sales leaders or CEOs, everybody thinks their business is different than every other business. Sure. And they all have nuances, but it's basically the same thing. And what we continued to hear was, well, we're really a relationship-based sales organization. And I said, okay, that's, that's perfect. What if we could get you more opportunities to build those relationships? Because it sounds like once mm -hmm. you have the opportunity, you're really good at building the relationship, keeping the customer taken care of them, closing the deal. And that's where right relationship, right time, right results. Because it's timing okay. deal too, usually. Yeah. No, that's great. You mentioned, obviously, we have a growing uh, tech stack here of like items you've referenced. We've obviously HubSpot, Zoom Info. We've talked about Connect and Sell. You've mentioned Sendoso. How frequently are you uh, exploring new options? You know, like are are you continuously looking to see like what else is there to add to the stack? What else of this process could you automate, or is this like no? This is the result of uh, plenty of testing, um, and and we feel it's pretty concrete. No, always willing to take a look. And, you know, with what we do in the agency world, if there's enough gross margin, you can take some risks. And I think if anything, most businesses don't take enough risk or look at enough things. They're not willing to throw the investments out and see what happens. You don't need to win all of them. You just need to win enough of them and have them <laughs> be more than you than you didn't win, right? And so yeah. use sly broadcast to drop voicemails on people. That'll get return calls. 
Um, we'll use Kixi. That'll do a little auto dialer function and also do like SMS messaging off of triggers. And so we have uh, several different things that we'll leverage. And then one we're really kind of working on, even though it's in, behind the scenes, is called Jasper.ai. And that's working on automating content. How does it automate content? Using, uh, you know what? I didn't create it. Just like AI power just, yeah, it just writes yeah. it out. Wow. Yeah, you, you have to feed That's it a content good. brief and then there's like recipes sure. and you can, you can you know, really create content very quickly. And so that's not my forte. I'm not the content guy <laughs> uh, per se, but that's something that we're leveraging to, you know, that'd be like a hidden part cool. of that tech stack. Yeah, love that. Um, and I, maybe it's my hypothesis is that's the distinction between the uh, strategy you run for yourself versus how it's packaged and delivered to clients. Like, are you viewing quantum as like the sandbox of this whole thing? And then, I mean, I would, I mean how does it inform kind of the client engagement piece of it? Absolutely. So it's really cool because not many businesses get to do the exact thing that they get to go sell. And so we do say um, oftentimes, you know, our job is to kind of skid our knee on the sidewalk so that our clients don't have to. Right. And we'll take some of that brunt of what might go wrong. And did we miss an automation or did something cross over with another workflow or, you know, because that's all very possible. Right. But we're hoping that we learn that inside of our stuff and the clients don't have to. And then it's really cool because since we're doing this on a daily motion, when we talk to clients, we really know what we're talking about. We can, I mean, people will sign up for Zoom Info and Zoom Info does a fantastic job onboarding, but say it takes three weeks. We'll have people Zoom Info connected and integrated to HubSpot. We can do that in 20 minutes. So if they signed up and we have 20 free minutes, we could have them hooked into their HubSpot and pushing stuff over instead of waiting three or four weeks if they go through the actual onboarding. Yeah. And so that's the type of stuff that's really cool when you use the tools. And then knowing the different people at the different vendors too, that you need to get in touch with to make things happen and pull levers to pull things together for the clients is awesome because we're so used to working with them. There's value in having like, yeah, just these strengthened relationships with all of these now tech partners for quantum. But yeah, it's interesting that just your own familiarity with this as a strategy, as a tech stack, it's just making the the implementation, the setup for these new clients, just super efficient and super quick. That's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's all built on, uh, you know, an overarching go-to-market strategy. And, you know, again, same thing everybody else is doing, buyer personas and buyer's journeys and hitting the pain points. And that's what you want it built on. And as you continue to develop that in the background, but you can do the quick lead gen too and run them parallel to each other because sometimes it takes a little bit of time for SEO or for content marketing or to, to run inbound, you know, for that to start paying off. Yeah, it's just so long tail, right? It pays off long term, sure. Right. And so the perfect world is, again, you have both going really well. But in the beginning, most often you don't have either going very well. The one that you can control and we could literally start booking meetings next Monday is the outbound piece like this. So we can just lay that in there. And then the marketing piece and the HubSpot piece can kind of build without all the pressure of having to give results in a very quick period of time and can be done correctly. It's how do you establish quick wins early while you let some of like the long-term strategies, like you have to plant those seeds and yeah, it's going to take time to bear the fruit. Right. So it's like, what, what are you putting into place to start seeing results today, tomorrow? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So that's how, you know, that's how we view it. 
as we talk tech stacks uh, and connecting these systems and like, okay, well, we pipe in data and that informs workflows and their triggers. Uh, but it's all very, it's it's all built upon like a foundation, like outbound sales strategy. So it's like, what's the, what kind of team uh, does an agency or a partner need to execute upon this? Is it technologists? Is it folks that are comfortable with like the architecture of, of SaaS? And, or is it, you know, they actually have to be, you know, sales strategists and they have to understand kind of sales methodology, or maybe it's both, but like what, what team executes this best? They probably will most likely already have someone that can do the technical part of HubSpot. What they're not going to have is the thought processes and the strategy that we probably can bring to the table for them because this is what we do and specialize in. But sure. moving, moving, hitting the buttons, doing that inside a HubSpot, they may even be better than we are at that piece. <laughs> but our ability to you know think about strategically how that's going to all work together for that outbound motion that's where we're the experts and could help them really quickly get it up for themselves. For clients, if they're building that inbound strategy, you know, doing the content, the web, the landing pages, to bring someone like us in with them and partner together on like a end user client and be able mm-hmm. to do outbound and inbound at the same time really well, that's really where some magic could happen. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, now, uh, we've laid out the strategies as it's been prescribed. But I can imagine that Zoom Info pipes in plenty of helpful data beyond just, you know, who's going to who should be the targets of, of this, you know, dialing uh, strategy. How it, are there other use cases that you look to Zoom Info for? How else could partners be thinking about maybe that integration specifically? Well, for one, you have the intent data. So if they're digital marketing or marketing agencies, they could be finding customers that are showing intent for that. Um, some of the other use cases that people don't think about is, so if you have a HubSpot CRM set up and let's say you had 10,000 companies in there today and 3,000 were your current customers, and let's say you sold five different products, wouldn't it be nice if I could run my 3,000 current customers up against Zoom Info and see out of those 3,000 clients, which ones are looking for one of my other four products that they don't have that I could cross sell them to? And then bring those in, have them in active lists and put them into a motion of either marketing, sales, development, probably all of it, right? And that's where some of the real power, you know, comes into play too, because a lot of organizations have more than one offering, not just agencies, but also uh, their clients do. And so Mm -hmm. the ability to leverage that, because you go into a lot of organizations and their cross-sell rate is very low on their current customer base. So that's where Zoom Info could come into play. Specifically for agencies, there's a marketing budget line in there inside of hmm. Zoom Info. Feeding that over would be great. Getting the contacts, the titles, here would be a good use case. If you enrich that data consistently to know that you had a champion inside an ABC company and you figure out they moved over here, they could go onto an active list and now you could hit your champion at their new organization yeah. automatically and systematically. So you could set up a workflow that said, 30 days after anyone listed as champion moves positions, let's reach out and see if they'd be willing to have a meeting with us at the new company. And so that would be like a a really strategic use case. And then of course, bringing in, there's like 93 fields uh, that Zoom Info can send over. So bringing in all this other data and helping with the segmentation, we don't get into a lot of things that, you know, male, female and birthdays and like that isn't super important usually to our customer base. But to sure. some of these agencies, that could be really powerful 
here's where things can get super fun. Imagine bringing in your exact target audience and then building the custom ad audience and using that feature within HubSpot. Now you're sending messages to those, or excuse me, ads to those exact people in Facebook and in LinkedIn, for instance, Mm -hmm. following them around at the same time, you're also calling them. So you're following them with the ad and you're calling them. So you're always starting to become omnipresent. They feel like they can't get away from you. (laughs) And when they go to pick up that phone and all of a sudden your SDR is on the other end of the line, they feel like they know who you are because now they've seen you. Like I've seen your name. I've seen the logo. I've seen it, you know? Yeah. A couple Uh, other, um, I had a couple other. No, go ahead. Yeah, keep it going. You can track companies that have gotten funding. You can track companies by growth percentage. You know, of course you can do industry and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. You can track companies by M&A. So there's tons of things. If you are really good as an organization in certain areas, or if you're a, someone that likes startups that have venture capital behind them, you know, to find those types of uh, pieces of data and fish that in and then run active lists. So that anytime a new one's added, now you know what's going to happen, what that journey is going to be to try to get a hold of them and convert them mm-hmm. into a client for your agency. Wow. So it's really, there's just so much information at your disposal to segment, build, filter active lists on. And then, yeah, have those lists, uh, you know, trigger actions for those folks. Uh, and it's all contextual, right? It's, it's the cross-selling and upselling one is interesting to me to imagine a world where, yeah, they have product or service A, but they're showing intent of interest in product or service B and being able to, to lean into that. Do you guys do the ad, the ad strategy? Do you use that today for yourself as well or any of your clients? We, we're not the experts in paid ads and we don't pretend to be, but we, clients, if they can do good copy and build the ad well, totally. we know that that feature is there and that they should be using that for that. Yeah if that makes sense, because no, 100%. Otherwise, otherwise you have the siloing of they're out running ads in the platforms, but it's not coming back into HubSpot. And so things are just obviously, um, you know, siloed out. I like that, you know, somebody could like, here's where call out come. Someone could say interested in product a, and we send them a proposal. It's going to take three weeks for them to look at it. And we could have a workflow that kicked them right into an ad audience. So during that three weeks, we're sitting there staying in front of them. It's just running. Yep. 100%. Just keep it's really just staying top of mind, remaining relevant, right? Yeah. And you could use that all over the place inside of the platform. So I, I love that feature. Super cool. Um, Sean, as we as we approach time, uh, question for you as it relates to the client side of this strategy, uh, uh, pricing. Is it, uh, is there any like pay per performance or is there, you know what I mean? Like, is there that piece of it or does it always tend to be like a, a flat rate or whatever it is for for clients or, or do clients ever ask for like, well, we'll see, you know, how many meetings come in through the strategy. How does, how does the pricing methodology work for this? Yeah. So we pretty much just do straight up rates and do retainers. We get commissions from the partners. That's our strategy on it. Right. So we get the recurring oh, cool. revenue there. Um, and then just depends how engaged we're going to be. And so again, I could give that example of the 5,000 for 10,000. That's a straight up one. And then you could add a thousand at a time for, you know, 2000 bucks. So mm-hmm you could just keep adding that on. So somebody wanted 30,000, it could be 60,000 bucks a month. So that's really straightforward. And then our services are based on what we're going to be doing, time materials, you know, probably the same type of calculations that all the other agencies look to use to make sure they're doing profitable engagements. 
Yep. No, that makes a ton of sense. I mean, if anything, it's okay. Well, how fast do you want to move? How fast are you looking to grow? There's a calculation there that will certainly dictate the price on top of just, yeah, the services and, and some of the other baseline stuff. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, math is um, sales. Yeah, right. Anything else uh, 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 you learned the, the hard way? You mentioned, hey, we want to skin our knees. You know, we're, we're open to experimenting on ourselves before rolling it out to clients. Did you try something that that we were hoping went well, but it, it didn't necessarily? But I thought we were close to time. We'd be here a long <laughs> yeah. time. You're like, no, Kevin, uh, yeah, everything has gone super smooth, I, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the big one for us has been, you know, when you cut corners, you get what you pay for. And so that's just been such a good reminder because we really started off as like a sales hub customer of HubSpot. And then, you know, people try to do other mailing and all this different stuff. It's like, so we have marketing hub, sales hub, service hub. We use a VA firm that specializes in uh, agency outsourced work, right, for HubSpot specifically. And then mm-hmm. we have Connect and Sell, which is the best in the world at what they do. We have Zoom Info, which is the best in the world at what they do. But if you went back, you know, uh, a period of time, when you're trying to cut those corners, the inefficiency and the lack of results and things that happen, you're way better off to just invest the money on the front end to do it right and really have the the private jet or the Ferrari, you know, if that's the saying that we want to use and then go as fast as you can and learn how to drive it. So that'd be yeah. my big mistakes is just trying to cut corners and do things cheaper and doesn't always say. I think you had mentioned too. It's like, yeah, we, we've kind of went through another direction. Didn't go all the way on zoom info, realized that we thought we were saving money. It costs us more. We should have just went. Yeah. Just, you know, it's, it's, you should consider best in class. Right. And there's, there's benefits to that right out of the gate. So don't cut the corners. That's great. Totally. Um, totally. Now we are officially out of time. So this is my last question for you. We wrap every episode with this. What is the strangest part of agency life? Um, I hadn't thought about this. The strangest part of agency life, I think right now is when you've got like team members that have never met each other and just this whole uh, freelance and contract economy gig and it's very different, but I'm actually really learning to love it and to embrace that you could have a very small internal team and create a major organization and bring great results. And it's actually easier and, and better to control it that way. And so that's the strangest rec- like thing that I've recognized, I guess. I always thought I'd want yeah. a lot of employees, but I'm realizing maybe I want a lot of great contractors and partners yeah. instead of a lot of employees. No. Great call. Yeah. Great answer. You know, the, the, the more I get to know people on zoom, you know, distributed teams, remote, you know, it's, I'm always curious, you know, how tall is everybody? You know, that's really what it comes down to. It just, you don't know anyone's height anymore, but yeah, I'm five, nine. I'm right. I'm average. average there you go. That's where you want to be. That's where you want to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I'm wearing the right shoes, I'll get to six feet, but I think my wife will be like, come on, Kev, don't lie. You're like five eleven. Uh, yeah. It depends on the shoes. Depends on the shoes. Uh, well, Sean, uh, thanks for indulging us. Thanks for walking through your strategy, the tech partnerships that you've forged. Uh, sounds like an incredibly powerful uh, uh, service offering, but obviously strategy for yourself. So thanks again for coming on the show, my friend. Hey, I appreciate you having me again. If anybody uh, ever just wants us to help them out, we will definitely talk to them, share what we've been through. And if we can help them, we'll help them. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. I would hopefully, you know, some of our listeners take you up on that offer because uh, there's a lot of power to be had with this. So. Uh, and so that's a wrap. And for everyone that has tuned in today, this has been another episode of Agency Unfiltered.